Great. How's everyone doing this morning? Man, that's what I'm talking about. We're so glad to be here. Man, it's, it's better than being in prison. So I'm not sure about that. Okay, well, well, we'll talk to you later. But man, we're so thrilled that you're here to be part of what God is doing in this city. Aren't you glad that you belong here? Man, anytime that the Spirit of God... I love what, what Amy shared her testimony. Thank you for stepping out and sharing that too, Amy. It's wonderful. But man, when you... Anytime that you get in contact and be in touch with the Holy Spirit, He makes you feel like you belong. That's who He is. That's what it's all about. We don't have a... We have a spirit of adoption where our spirits cry, Abba, Father, we got a daddy. And He loves us. Kind of what my gorgeous wife of 35 weeks pregnant has said this morning. Man, come on, baby. We're ready to, ready to go. I'm going to have a daughter. Like, I've never had a daughter before. This is, this is great. I'm excited. Whew. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Romans chapter 2, please, real quick. We're continuing our series, and uh, Jamie opened it up a couple of weeks ago. And uh, before we kind of get into this, uh, I want to just share a few things. You know, just regarding last week, we had an amazing uh, couple of services, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and I know lots of you uh, received your healing from God. And uh, this healing is not some foreign thing. It's not some weird thing. It's not something that happened in Bible times. Jesus is alive today, and what he does is he heals people's bodies. That's part of what he does. And uh, there was numerous people that received their healing. Uh, I, I mean, I could just, I could call everybody up here that received it. I know Pastor Marlene came up to me. She said, look, I'm straight. She had a little bit of a, a slouch going on. She said, I'm straight. And my man, Dave, we were talking yesterday. He's on my soccer team. And I saw Dave come up. He needed healing in his legs. I'm like, yeah, but I can't have a gimpy forward playing soccer. I, I need some guy that got some legs on him. And Dave, got, and you said uh, yesterday that he's playing on the floor with Lily. He's on his knees. She, she's sleeping right now, so I can't get you to... Yeah. She's on his knees, and he's playing with her. Man, God is so good. He's interested in every part of our lives. And so what that kind of did, just seeing what Jesus did last weekend, it kind of stirred me up to really do two things. Number one, I want more of him. Why? Because he's so good. You see a God like that, yes, you want more of him. Number two is I want to reveal more of him to others. Right? And that's why we're talking about everyday Jesus, is because we want Jesus to be seen in our everyday life. And Romans chapter 2, verse 4, near the very end of it, uh, you have the New Living Translation up here. I want to just read it from the God's Word. It says, Don't you realize that it is God's kindness that is trying to lead you to Him and change the way you think and act? What is it? It's the goodness of God. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And repentance, what does repentance mean? It just simply means I'm having a change of thought. I used to think this way. Now I'm doing a 180 degree turn. Now I'm thinking this way. Right? The same way people that have no interest in God, what draws them in? It's His kindness. It's His goodness. It's not people on the street corners yelling, turn or burn, that's going to get people to turn around and receive Jesus. Have you ever seen that work? Man, I was walking, we were in New York and we saw a few people, they got the signs in Times Square and they're walking around and they got these huge poles. Like, I don't mean, you know, a cute little four foot pole. I mean, like a 25 foot pole and they're walking around with this thing and it just says, you know, turn or burn. All these kinds of things. You know, God, God loves you, but if you don't turn, you're going to rot in hell. All this kind of just garbage, right? It's just stuff that's being thrown out there trying to bring people in. Will that lead people in? No. What leads people in? The kindness of God. What brought you into the kingdom of God? It's His kindness. I know from my own personal life, what turned me from living the lifestyle that I was living to now be involved in, say, you know, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. What, what turned that around for me is I received his kindness. I showed that he cared about me, not just, he wasn't some distant God. He was right here, right now, actively pursuing me. 
When I was pursuing my own dreams and my own thing, he was hot on my trails because he wanted me. Not for what he could get out of me, but because he wanted me. And that's the God that I want to serve is because he loves me for me. Not for what I could possibly do for him, but for who he thinks that I'm valued him. What, what I'm valuable to him. That's what it's all about. So what we're continuing on is, so I want to just explain why everyday Jesus. People need to experience Jesus. Everybody. The world needs to experience Jesus, but his kids need to experience Jesus. Not religion. Right? The world doesn't need another religion. They got a lot of that. What do we need? We need a real Jesus, a real encounter with a real God who loves his kids. Right? That's what the world is looking for. That's what people are longing for. Jesus didn't come just to set up a Sunday routine for us. I'm, I'm going to kick some religious thinking this morning. I hope you're okay with that. We're going to get into this. But he didn't come just to set up a Sunday ritual. Oh, these guys are going to be bored on Sundays. We've got to figure something else to do. Okay, uh, they're Christian. Okay, we're going to do this thing called, uh, called church. We're going to gather them all together, and we're going to just have a nice time, and we're going to sing. We're going to receive an offering. We're going to hear the word. We're going to have some crepes in the back. No, he's, he wants to impact your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday, your Friday, and even your Saturdays. On my day off, I can receive from Jesus? Absolutely. He wants to be involved in every area of your life. And like I said, he's not some distant, spiritual, ancient figure that's so distant from mankind that we can't connect with him. That's not who he is. You know, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, I love this, and we're coming into this Christmas season, and we know Jesus is the reason for the season, right? You've heard that since you were four. All right. But it says, look says, the virgin will conceive a child. That's even amazing in itself. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is not far away from us. God is with us. What is this world looking? They think Jesus is some distant, ancient old figure, that he's just some old guy now, just doing what he does. He's close. He's right here. And in Hebrews chapter 4, in the, in the message paraphrase, verse 15, it says, We don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. He knows your reality. He knows what you go through. He knows what you experience. And here's the thing. He cares. He's interested. I don't know if you saw that, but last week, and as I saw, I mean, people actually went to the hospital and picked up people from the emergency room and brought them here. <laughs> Why is that? Because God loves mankind. He's not angry with them. And what really spoke to me, just seeing this person who's not, really, who's not been interested in coming to church, hasn't been there for a while, received her healing. And our religious mind, well, they should really be in church for a little while. You know, I've got to get some good word in you first before you really receive something. No. The kindness of God. Man, come in. I love what Annie said. Come and get your healing, and then we'll get some things straightened out. And that's how good he is. That's how kind he is. That's what he's all about. Right? So, God never created man to figure out life on his own. He created mankind for a love relationship. If you look at Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, that was God's original plan for mankind. When did religion set in? Genesis chapter 3. You see it come right into place where you had this fight between um, Cain and Abel. Right? That's when the first thing it came in and all of a sudden religions took into place as a way to somehow get to back to God. It started right from there. So really what's happening is we're going back to Genesis 1, Genesis 2. That's where God is bringing us back into relationship. And like what Jamie said too, at the very, are you enjoying your relationship with him? 
And that's what we're going to talk about this morning because there's two things this week and next week. Why everyday Jesus? What we're going to talk about is we need to see Jesus active in our everyday life. Number one, we got to see him active because, I mean, we could say, oh, yeah, we want to go and be the light out in the world. Yes, but if he's not real in your own personal life, it's going to be hard to go out there with. Right. We need to experience him for ourselves so we can tell people what we've experienced. Right. We're, we're OK this morning. You're, you're good. OK. All right. So as we said this morning, seeing Jesus active in our everyday life. And next week, he wants to use you to reveal himself. Now, I think it's time that the church realizes that we are the body of Christ. Everything Jesus did, we are called to do the same thing. And I just, man, I know I've heard this a lot, but I was just thinking about this. I am the only Jesus that some people will ever see. Like, I know we've heard that, but if you think about it for a moment, I'm the only Jesus that some people may ever see. So when I go out there, I want to represent him well so people go, that's what he's like. All right, I'm in. I'm interested. All right, I want to show who he is. And listen, God wants to show himself through you. Man, think about it. He wants to use you. He chose you. You didn't choose him. He chose you. What does he want to do with you? He wants to reveal himself to you, but now he wants to reveal himself through you. Cool? All right, so this morning, to see Jesus in our everyday lives, and I want to start by just asking you this question. Do you need Jesus in your life? Now, the Christian answer is yes. Everybody said yeah, I'll just say yes. But I want you to think about it for a sec. Do you actually need him? As a North American... We have amazing privileges here. we got amazing things here. God has blessed us with an amazing nation. Resources, finances, jobs. I mean, we don't have crazy terrorism like they do in other countries. It's, it's here, but not like what it is. I mean, we, we have a very good place to live in. Do you need him? Yeah, good, yeah, good, good. I'm not talking about him being an option. I'm talking about you need him to answer your prayer, otherwise you're not going to make it. Now, this is actually, when I was praying about this yesterday, the Lord just, he actually asked me this question. And I said the same answers that you did. Joel, he said, Joel, do you need me? Jesus, of course I need you. Of course I do. You're my savior. I need you. Yes, I do. Joel, do you need me? So usually when he asks you twice, you figure out, okay, I got to look into this a little bit more. (laughs) Something's going on. Am I missing something? But I come to the place where I actually can rely on external things and I don't need his intervention in. Such as, you know, I get a paycheck every two weeks. Okay, well, if, you know, bills come up, I'm go, I, I can just go, okay, Lord, I'd really like to see this coming through. But if you don't come through, the 15th is on the way. I'll be okay. Right? Or, you know what, if, if Lord, if you don't come, if this, doesn't, if this doesn't work, I can always go see that doctor and it'll, it'll be okay. Now, I'm talking not about just a, as an option or a side trust. I'm talking about I need him like I need my next breath. Because if I don't have him... Something's off and I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I cannot survive. That's the talk, type of need that I'm talking about. Because sometimes the way the Lord showed it to me, he said, Joel, it's kind of like you were, uh, he kind of related something to, a, uh, I used to watch wrestling as a kid, WWF, anybody? <laughs> Do you smell what the rock is cooking? You know, the people's eyebrow? Okay, nobody has any idea who that is. Okay, <laughs> well, that's good. We'll save that for later. But uh, I, there used to be these, I mean, even as kids, we used to kind of do this, these tag team wrestling matches, right? And so you'd maybe swear off. It was probably, you know, I, I, would, I wouldn't fight Marcel because he was four at the time. But, you know, it, you take on somebody, it's, uh, I'll take on Colton. He's half my size. That's good. And, uh, but we have these tag teams. And so everybody know what tag team is? So it's me and another guy against Colton and another guy. 
Right? So we're in this ring and we're battling and we're going after it and we're fighting. All of a sudden, when I get tired or Colton starts, you know, kicking my butt, I look to go reach to my partner. And if I can just get him and slap him in, oh, then he can kind of jump in and intervene and, you know, you know do the rest. Well, the Lord kind of showed me, he said, Joel, you're just kind of in this ring and you're doing your fight. You're, you're making your own decisions. You're doing your own life. And then when tough times come, you look to tag me. Okay, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm done. Your turn. And only for a little while, because until you kind of catch your breath, and you're like, okay, Jesus, I got this. If you could go back up, that'd be great. All right, come here, cool. I'm going to finish you off. And, and then you get right back into it. Right? And the, the same routine, you actually see this in the Old Testament with the Israelites. It was, it was a cycle that they lived in, where they trusted God. They believed in God. They went to God. And as a result, they lived in prosperity. They had peace amongst other nations. They had joy. They had things going on. Only for a little while, and as things got so good, then they start to kind of put God second, third, fourth, and all of a sudden he's forgotten. Then an enemy nation would come in and capture them, and they'd be enslaved by that nation. Then after a little while, then they, well, they lived in that hard time for a bit. Then they would cry out to God and go, God, we need you. Where'd you go? Right? They would repent, and they turn back to God. And as a result, God, because he is so kind, he is so gracious, he would come in and he would intervene. He would raise up a man or a woman and he would give them direction and clarity and they would step back in and deliver Israel again only to go into the same cycle over and over and over again. Now I wonder how many of us are in this ring constantly living our life, doing our thing, making our own decisions, but not actually experiencing Jesus. We just know he's there as an option if things get tough. Tough times come, okay, Jesus, I, this is too big for me. Slap in, you're in. And because he's so kind, yes, he does step in. He will step in. But that is not God's perfect will for your life. He never intended for his children to live from crisis to crisis to see breakthrough happen. We think that living by faith or living this Christian life means that we live from breakthrough to breakthrough. No. Romans chapter 5 and 17 says that we reign as kings in this life through one man, Jesus. So what does that mean? If I'm reigning as a king in this ring of life through one man, Jesus, that means I need to have him every day. He's not just an option on the side that I could slap hands to and, oh, he can come bailing me out. No, no, no. He wants to live in the ring with me, do this thing with me. So when we're together, I overcome automatically. Man, that's a, that's a testimony. That's a story that you can share. I can never lose. We have to have this mindset of undefeated. You have it in the sports realm. There are certain teams. I mean, you mean you watch you watch some basketball. Boston Celtics are 15 and 0 right now. You know what happens? You create a mentality. I'm undefeated. I remember when I played soccer, we we had a very good team. We didn't lose a game all season. What came into our mindset as we went to practice, as we went to games? We don't lose. But does the church have that mindset? Do Christians have that mindset of every time, no matter what situation comes, life is good, life is not so good, I'm ready for anything because Christ's sufficiency, I can do all things through him. I'm ready for anything, no matter what comes my way. Yeah, it may be tough, but guess what? I already overcome. It doesn't have to take me out. I'm already living above it. I'm already living victorious. Do we have that mindset? We got to have that mindset. In order, in order to reach the world, to reach those that are around us, Men, people, as I said so many times, they are attracted to strength. They crave it. They're looking for something solid. We even sang the song just now. I will build my life on your love. It is a firm foundation. I cannot be moved. I cannot be shaken. Yet we see Christians are shaken all over the place. Everything that's going on out there, it's, we're being moved. 
Why? It's because Jesus is, no lo- is not our source. He's an option. As long as I... And here's the thing. This is kind of jumping ahead of myself. But as long as I keep looking to take Jesus in, I live a religious life. As long as Jesus is outside of the ring, in the ring, I will do everything I can. But here's the reality. I live a religious life. I'm doing everything. Great, Jesus, come help me in this. So I'm looking to do something in order for Jesus to jump in and intervene. Whereas when I do life with him, he's already with me. Make sense? Okay. I know you're good. But we want to move Jesus from an option to my source. Right? So here we go. Uh, Relationship, not religion. We want to develop a relationship with him, not just doing time with him. I've read my Bible. I've done my prayer. And I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning because I found myself in this. Where you'd wake up, okay, man, I've got to read my Bible this morning. And what happens as a result, okay, I'm, it's more of a check off. My check off the box. This is what I did today. I read my Bible today. Joel, well done, well done. Oh, you prayed today? Joel, you were the man. Yeah, man, you prayed it up. Man, did you see the way you prayed? Joel, you were looking so fine when you prayed. Check that off. Man, did you see me worship? Oh, I got ugly for Jesus, but ooh, I'm going to check that off. And as a result, it being real in my life, you know, every time you get into this, you're supposed to get something from it. He's talking to you. But I found myself just trying to get, just trying to get through it. I'm no longer experiencing anything out of it. And I'm actually just going through the motions. And as a result, it's not everyday Jesus. It's tag on Jesus. It's just, this is kind of a tag on to my life where he wants this thing to be real. Now, I want you to turn to John chapter 15. Oh, you're okay. All right. And like Jamie said, man, Jamie's been saying this a lot even to me. Joel, are you enjoying your relationship with Jesus? I mean, you think of it even naturally. Am I enjoying my my relationship with my wife? You think about it. Okay, Jamie, I'm going to talk to you for 10 minutes uh, because that's on my to-do list. Check. Okay, that's 10 minutes. 11's going to cost you. Okay, it's 12 minutes. You owe me big time. Right? And so we just kind of check that off. Oh, the wife wants a date. Lord have mercy. She wants a lot. Okay, um, here's my calendar. Okay, um, this, okay we'll, try, we'll try this date. Am I even enjoying her? No! It's a duty. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and more than anything, it doesn't, it, there's nothing happening. Love is not in the air. Right? You go on these dates and what happens is just... Done. Nothing. Nada. Nothing. Right? And so what do you want? You ha- it has to be living. It has to be real. I want to enjoy my relationship with my wife. The same way that I enjoy my relationship with my wife, Jesus wants you to enjoy a relationship with him. He's a lot of fun. We used to tell, when I was youth pastor, we used to tell the kids, how do you spell God? And you know, they go, G-O-D. No, F-U-N. He's fun. They failed horribly on all their English exams, but hey, they knew God is fun. <laughs> we teach our boys that, man. When, listen, every time they come to church, they, well, they, right now they relate church with donuts and hockey downstairs. But listen, we're showing them like, we, one of our values is life is short, church should be fun. The way the Lord showed this to us is that if we're not having fun doing this life, we're doing it wrong. Jesus didn't, there you can never find in the Bible a depressed Christian. It, it doesn't make sense. It's an oxymoron, right? Don't ask me to explain what an oxymoron I just know from the commercials, think oxy, oxygen. And I just, it's for zits or something. 
Anyway. You can't have depressed, miserable, and Christian. It, it, they do not fit. They don't work. So Lord, show that to us. If you are not having fun doing this Christian life, you're doing something wrong. So that means I have to go into this ring and I have to look who's in this ring with me. Do I have Jesus? Is he right with me? Or is he kind of just some tag on? What is he doing in my life? Where is he at? Is he behind me? If he is, listen, life's going to suck. It's going to be miserable. You're going to be living from crisis to crisis, hoping and just wishing that God would intervene and do something where he wants to be with you and show you things to come, reveal truth to you. That's who he is. Right? So John chapter 15, Jesus lays this out. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go here. In verse 1, it says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Notice that. Anyone who does not remain in me is cut off like a useless branch and what? Withers. Can somebody show me what does withers look like? Lord have mercy. That's acting. Any, you know, just like a like a pruner, just just yeah, everything in you. Nobody's ever seen anything wither before. Okay, that's like a piece of fruit or a branch. If you see a branch on the side of the road that's cut off from the tree, what does it do? It just dies. It's dead. There's no life going into it. And that's what happens is when a Christian is in this, this, this ring of life, this life ring that we're in, and Jesus is just a tanglong being cut off from him, what do you look like when you're living life? Withered. And you're trying to produce fruit. You're trying to see things happen. And as a result, are we seeing anything? Are you getting results? Hello, are we getting results here? No, as long as he's a tag on... What are we doing? We're withered people begging for a live tree or the life flow to come in and jump in where he says, I want you to have this same life, experiencing it. Not just once in a while. It's a life flow. It's what we do. It's what we do, man. It's what we do. All right. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. That's it. That verse should just get everybody running around in circles because it's true. Listen, if you remain in me, what is he saying? Not taken, right here. Life together. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, what is he saying? Ask for anything you want and what? And it will be granted. It doesn't say, and we'll think about it. No, no, what did he say? You have this Jesus. You have everyday Jesus. This life flow right along with you. What's going to happen? Every time you ask for something, what's it going to happen? What's the result? It will be granted. 
But as long as Jesus is a tag zone, forget it. It doesn't work that way. Why are my prayers answered? Why isn't things working for me? Why, that's what I want to ask you. Is Jesus, is he being tagged in? Or is he right alongside with you, calling shots, showing you what to do, giving you direction? You're asking him, Jesus, how do I do this? What do I do about that? He's with you. He's doing life with you. Not just in hard times, but in every season, in everything that you're going through. I'm, I'm preaching this because this is what the Lord is showing me. And we know this is the year of decontaminate. Right? This is what the Lord spoke to us as a, as a team. This is what the Lord wants to do this year for us as a church family. Is take things that have been blockages to you, your family, the, the life that you have with Jesus, and get rid of them so that we can experience Jesus every day. He wants to. He's here. Listen, He's right here. He wants to do life with you. It'd be crazy to say, ah, no, Jesus, I'm a little busy. He wants to do life with you. And then as a result, when you produce much fruit, Jesus said, uh, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. Now, I want to look a little bit more into this. But I love this. Every time that something is cut off, what's the result? If I were to cut off my thumb, and there it just lays, what happens to the thumb? It dies, right? Now, before Jesus came into our life, we were separated from God, right? You can see that in Ephesians chapter I believe it's chapter 2. It says at one time we were cut off. We were estranged from the promises, from the things of God. But now what has happened? God or Christ, Jesus, through God, used Jesus to close the gap between the distance. Right? Jamie and I, we dated long distance. And I was thankful for WestJet because WestJet closed the gap in our distance. <laughs> and we would see each other once a month. And as a result, man, I would look forward to it and say, Mom, do you got any more air miles I could have? And <laughs> her being the gracious lady that she was, yeah, here, here's some more air miles. Like, we kept WestJet in business, man. They, they're, they're doing well because of us. But every time that that time came, I just, we would go to the airport, and I knew that every time I get on that airplane, it was going to close the gap, close the distance between Jamie and I. So for me, I really like airplanes because I think it closed gaps. <laughs> Say what you want, man. I, I love this woman. And to be away from her hurt. I, I couldn't wait to be with her. I couldn't wait to see her. Right? And so I'm thankful for that airplane. Well, how much more your heavenly father, who so longed to be with his man, so longed to be with his woman, that he just wants his family back. He needed a plane to bring the distance or to close that distance. And who was that? It was Jesus. You can see that. Just go with me real quickly to go to Colossians chapter 1. You're happy? Okay. Colossians 1, verse 19, it says, God, are you there? All right. Of course you're there. If you're in the Old Testament, just so you know it's wrong, it's in the New Testament. Just <laughs> Verse 19, it says, For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him, through Jesus, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. So what did Jesus come to do? He came and he closed the distance. He absolutely just demolished that distance where now God could be one with mankind again. Because till that time, for thousands of years, God was on the outside of his creation looking in. 
And so that's why you see, that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why Christmas we should be the happiest folk on earth, not depressed, stressed out. Man, what are we celebrating? The distance has been closed. It's no longer God just trying to get to man. Listen, religion is man trying to get to God. Christianity is God trying to get to man. And so what God did is he stood there and he said, I got someone coming. I got a distance closer. He's on his way. And he spoke it for thousands and thousands of years until finally we see in John chapter 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Man, that's why you see the shepherds. Like when you read the, the whole Christmas story, we call it, Man, it was exciting. The angels came because they were, they had, we have good, great news. It'll put, I mean, some translations say, it'll put a smile on your face. Why, it's too good to be true that God is no longer mad or no he's not angry at the world. He came to reveal peace to it. He came to reveal a truce. He's saying, hey, you're no longer enemies. I call you now. Come on in. Come on in. Jesus closed that gap. And so now what he wants is he hates now being on the side. If he closed the gap, now he's kind of hanging out on the outside of the ring. He's trying to get in this ring, but you have to let him. Not just tag him in, say, Jesus, come on in this ring with me. Let's do this life together. That's what he wants. As long as he's out there, life will be difficult. Life will be frustrating. And you're wondering, where is he? How am I supposed to do this? Where is this all happening? But when you get him in this ring, man, that changes everything. Huh. Rock on. Now, looking back at... Uh, John chapter 15 there. So every time you see, just, just think this, every time you see distance, I want you to think death. Anytime that there's distance between you and Jesus, it equals death. You, Jesus' distance, will always bring death. See that? If I'm over here, Jesus is over here, this distance is death. Now, I'm not talking just, okay, just dead. I'm not even talking if you're born again and you have this. I'm not talking about spiritual, spiritual death. I'm talking there's going to be, death also includes frustration. It includes anger. It includes depression. It includes sickness. It includes poverty. Anything that the enemy tries to bring, any distance, there's death. We have to close that gap. Listen, this is not Jesus coming in and just miraculously coming in and closing it. He already did his part. He did it supernaturally. He did it through the cross and he closed that gap. Now you and I, we have to make sure that this ring that we're in, that we are not just turning away from him, that we are constantly living this life with him. It's your choice. It's a spiritual law. If you draw close to God, he will come close to you. It's not if God comes back to you again. No, no, no. He, he's already moved. He's already here. Remember when you got saved, did you have to do a bunch of things? You just had to say, Jesus, come into my life. I receive you. And as a result, that distance that was there closed right up. And the Holy Spirit came and moved on the inside of you. There was no more distance. Now he's in you. So that dis that, that's, it's there. But if you tend to, just even in your own mind and your own actions, just to choose to kind of do your own thing and you kind of leave him to the side, anytime that you get away from that word, it brings death. So I want you in your own personal life, put a war on distance. What's causing distance between you and God? Is it a relationship? Is it a job? Is it bills even? Is it your health? What, what is it? Is there anything that's causing distance between you and God? Is it a sports team? I know that would go over real well. <clears throat> 
But if there's anything, I know the way, uh, I'll just read this to you in, uh, can you, actually I got it right here, my phone. If you go to 1 John chapter 5, I want to just read this to you. <clears throat> Let me just find it real quick. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 21. I'm reading from the Amplified uh, Classic Edition. It says this, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. This is the way that John closes off his letter. From false gods. And then in brackets it says, From anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God from any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life. So I don't know about you, but I had to declare a war on distance. What were some things I know for myself? I know like the Lord has spoken to Jamie and I, not only personally together as a, as a unit in our prayer time together, but also through just some other people in our life that have spoken into it, talking about it's time to press in. It's time to go all in. It's time to step into this relationship and go all in. Because as a result, I know for my own self is, you know, sometimes when life comes and life kind of comes at you, you like to check out. Anybody enjoy checking out? Netflix is a great way to check out. Anybody enjoy a good Netflix show? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, for me, even, checking out part of it was actually just going to the gym. I would just go to the gym. Just, I mean, I, I, I will continue going because it releases a lot of good stuff, and here we are. But, <laughs> but I found it... When it happened is that actually those things started to substitute Jesus' rightful place in my life. And as a result, I thought that, not that, so I went to go check out only to find the very next day that same problems, those same frustrations that I had in my life popped up again. You're back? I thought, if I just went to the gym, you'd be gone. Like, what, what's all this coming from? It's only in your press that you find relief. That's what I found for myself is the more that I went into, because a lot of times I'm trying to escape and the way that the Lord said it to us through someone was, Joel, don't escape from me, escape to me. And that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the answer to your issues. A lot of times when, when, thing, when life comes on, listen, we all got crazy schedules, work schedules. I'm going to have three kids, Lord have mercy. And I, and I know those that have gone through it, kudos to you. And I'm like, I'm stepping into this thing now, realizing there's just more stuff that gets added on. Right? And I mean, of course, kids aren't stuff. You know that. I'm, I'm talking about just your schedules and things get added to you. You got work stuff. You got everything going on. And at the same time, you're trying to go to the gym so that your kids don't call you mom by accident. <laughs> so all these things added. <laughs> it was in my press that I found relief. It's in me going to him, not trying to... For me, not trying to come up with a sermon, not trying to find things. It was in my press to know him. As a result, what happened? He brought about the peace. He brought the change. He showed me how to do this. And that's the same thing with your life. You got stuff coming on you. You got family stuff. You got work stuff. You got finance stuff. You got health. There's so much stuff going on. And what Jesus is saying is close that distance. He's like, I've already closed it as much as I possibly can. Now close that distance. Don't let him be a tag on. Bring him right in here with you. Because when you have him in here with you, he does life with you. And that changes everything. Right? You know, this is, uh, uh, I wrote this down. This is one thing Smith Wigglesworth said. He asked himself two questions. Uh, somebody was asking him, like, how do you walk with the Lord? What, is your, what does it look like for you? And uh, 
he answered by asking, he said, these are the two questions that I constantly ask myself. Number one is, what endangers my relationship with Jesus? Is there anything that's trying to come in, kind of we're talking about that distance. Is there anything that's trying to come in and cause a distance between me and Jesus? I need to be aware of that. Because a lot of times we just live our life and we just go on. But is there distance between you and him? Because the moment that there is, fruitfulness is no longer an option. Listen, answered prayer becomes a very difficult thing. (laughs) Trying to win in life, trying to see the victory that God gave us is very hard to see when there's distance in, in in your relationship. So that was the first question. Is there anything endangering my life to Jesus? And number two is, Lord, what would you have me do right now? He would just ask, ask that all the time. Lord, what would you have me do? And uh, so I asked actually this similar question to a couple of ministers too this, this past week. And uh, it just it stuck to me. And this is something that I'm putting into place for my own self. But in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6, we know this. It says, in all of your ways, know recognize and acknowledge him and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths in all of your ways acknowledge him another word for acknowledge is actually just to admit his reality lord jesus i admit right now i'm not sure what to do but jesus you know what to do so i'm asking you what do i need to do in this situation train yourself to think that way train yourself to ask that question constantly in all of your ways not just and when times are tough in all of your ways acknowledge him Lord, and this has happened a few times to us. We're even just even driving. Say, Lord, what, what direction do we need to go? And he changed the direction. We missed. We weren't going to be in an accident. There was an accident that already happened. We just missed the traffic flow. Like, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. That's what he wants to do. What does he want? He wants to do life with you. And listen, in a, in a culture that we live in that doesn't even know much about relationships because we're really you know, focused on screen time, but understanding how much Jesus wants to be part of your life would scare a lot of people. It's, you're stepping into my personal bubble. Oh, yeah, he wants to get all up in that thing and pop it a little bit. He wants to be all up in that personal bubble. He wants to get in it. And then next week we're going to talk about he wants to pop it so you can get out. Because that's what's holding you back. That's what's holding him back. But listen, let him in. If you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to let, you know, I don't want to open myself up to new relationships. Man, get over yourself. Open that door. Get in there. Meet that person. Say hello. I'm a shy person. No, you're not. No such thing as a shy person in God. No such thing. It's not my personality. Well, you can change. I've changed. We all change. You can change if you want to. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. Okay. But as I said, without a relationship with Jesus, you are stuck in religion. That's as real as it possibly is. If there's not a living and a real relationship, your life, you are stuck in religion. And nobody wants that. Let me just, uh, in closing, I'm going to just read this to you. Psalm 63, it says this, and I want to, this has become kind of my, my goal. This is what I'm going for, for my passion for Jesus. Now, I know we are a passionate church. We love, we love Jesus. But I want more. I don't want to just, you know, have the little bit of experience that I've had with him and that's it. I want, I want him more. There's more of him to be experienced. You know, I'm, I'm experiencing him to the degree that I want him. You're experiencing him to the degree that you want him. People that don't want him, well, that's the amount of experience. People that kind of want him, well, they kind of experience him. Those who want him, 
they experience him. Those who really want him, they really experience him. It's all dependent upon what you want. That is the thing about this, that's how kind he is. That's his love in action. It's right there. He is not going to showcase to the world, hey, I'm God, come on in. No, he's chosen to do it this way. If you want him, man, go all in and he will never disappoint you. I found that for myself. I thought, okay, well, if I spend this time in prayer, is this going to do me any good? Yes, because I believe Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to believe. To, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Man, I guarantee you, you step out to go into Jesus and say, Jesus, I want more of you. I'm taking you out of, outside of the ring and I'm bringing you in. He will not disappoint. Why? Because he is a rewarder. People kind of think of God, however they think of him, as judge, as, you know, the mean guy, as whatever they think. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. What does that reward look like? You get him. And there's nothing better, man. You can have five minutes in the presence of Jesus. Listen, my entire life changed for just being in the presence of Jesus for a few minutes. It changed. I'm here today because of five minutes in the presence of Jesus. That's all it is. And it's the same with your life. Like Amy was mentioning in her, in her impact story. Man, all of a sudden when the, she had that experience in the car, it's an encounter with Jesus that we're looking for. It's not more head knowledge, more, okay, you need to understand this so you can operate like this. It's encounter. The father, I mean, I got, listen, I got two kids. I don't want my kids just to know me from a distance. Man, and I love it. Every morning when they get up, and it's, it's early, when they come up, they come right away to my side of the bed. Papa, we want breakfast. And they, right away, sometimes they'll jump on top of you. So it's a whole, you never know what you're going to get. But I don't want them thinking I got a stiff, out, stiff arm out towards them. That every time they come towards me, they go, what's Papa like today? Is he, is he okay? Is he, is he mad at me? Is everything? No, no, this. And every night, actually, <laughs> um, we've been reading The Prodigal Son. It gets me every time because I, I love doing this. But I read the story. They oh, Papa, tell, read the story about the, the guy who lost all his money. All right. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you, boy. <laughs> Don't you ask me for no inheritance yet. No. <laughs> but uh, so we do this and we read the whole story and finally get to the point where, they, where Jason and Max, they both stand up. Now, Papa, come look for me. And so then I have to be, you know, I have to just do this whole thing. I have to do, I have to do Jace first, then I have to do Max. And then I have to do Jace, and then I have to do Max. And then I have to do both. So it's a whole, it's a whole scenario. So but we come in and we read this whole story. We talk about what is God like? God is like this father who cannot stop loving his kids. When he sees one come home, when, the, when one of them opens his heart, opens his, the, the door of his heart to him, he'll fill it right up. He comes and takes it in. So Jace quotes it with me. What happens when the dad saw his son? Jace, oh, he ran down. He jumped off the porch, ran down the field, threw the hedge in the, in the gate. And he ran and he grabbed his son and he couldn't stop kissing him. And Jace goes, ah, kiss me, Papa. So we'll go and <laughs> so he jumps off one bed onto the other bed and we just we tackle and we just do all this and he goes oh yeah buddy I'm so glad that you're home so good to see you he said no kiss my ear ah <laughs> and meanwhile you're getting kicked and slapped and it's a whole thing and then you do Max and Max gets this whole thing then we do both boys and it's just a gong show but what I love about that is it's the father's heart to be close he never intended for distance religion will say distance the world will think distance. But what our message to the world is, it's close. It's death. Jesus brought death to distance. He killed it. 
So that now anybody who wants him, guess what? Can have him. You don't have to do a thing for it. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to be kind enough. You don't have to pray long enough. It's simply receiving what he's already provided for us. That is the grace of God in action. That is who he is. Man, when, I, when you see it, 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 you can't help but you want more of him. So Psalm 63, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, O God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in a weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described, such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. Daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you, for the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. Like this is the talk I'm talking about is, do you need him? Listen, Christmas presents, that's not going to satisfy you. The coolest, newest vehicle is not going to satisfy you. It's being in his presence that satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Now, I love that. I just, the very, verse 80 said, with passion, I pursue and cling to you. Why do I do that? Because I feel your grip on my life. What's he saying? Every time I experience him, the result is I want more. Listen, I remember like, man, when you have an encounter with Jesus, what it does, it fills a place in your heart that only he can fill. And, you know, as you kind of go on and, you know, time goes on, days go on, weeks go on. And if you don't have another fill another encounter, another fix on Jesus, you start looking to fill it again with other things. And here's the thing, you can never be satisfied with anything else unless you come back into his place and you say, Jesus, I'm looking for this time with you again and his presence, the anointing that's just around him, his goodness, his whatever thing that he's about comes and comes in contact with you again, it's filled again. You, you, listen, like, it honestly is the same way like a drug addict, how they need it. Man, when you get addicted to the presence of God, you need it. And I think, I mean, I think this is only the proper response. When you see what Jesus did last weekend to a number of people's bodies, to your body, to your family's body, man, I sat up here and I wept like a baby because I see how good and how kind he is regardless of denomination, regardless of church background, regardless of what they did five minutes ago. He is so kind. He is only kind. And seeing what he does... Not only, uh, that's one side, but seeing him do it to generations, that's my God. That's what he's like. You're 80, receive your healing. You're four, come. He, God has no grandchildren. <laughs> he has no grandkids. What does he have? He's got a world full of babies. <laughs> and I'm one of his. I belong to him. So I want to encourage you this morning. Let's close that distance Let's put a war on distance. Is there anything in your life that is causing Jesus to take second place? 
in your life, you've got to close that gap because he is the only way to truly being satisfied, but also seeing everything that God is and experiencing him as your source in your life. Let's all stand up together. Thank you, Lord.